Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rocco Granado. I am the host of The Wings Nest. Um, right now, um, I'm, I want to dedicate this show to the people, the family of those who were injured, to those that have been um, have passed away from the brutal attack that was bestowed upon the Boston Marathon as it came to its end, as two bombs were detonated right at the finishing line, killing a number of people and injuring close to at least 100 people, if not more. Um, so at the Lacrosse Radio Network and lacrossewetrust.com, from my family, from the Philadelphia Wings family, I want to send our thoughts and prayers out to those that this is affecting. So right now I'd like to take a moment of silence, and after that I will start the show the way I have always started the Wings Nest shows. Thank you. yesterday, um, but I did want to start this show up on a happy note um, for our Philadelphia Wings fans. Um, you know, this is already scheduled, and then unfortunately something like this has to happen um, yesterday afternoon. But for those who are out of touch in the National Lacrosse League, for those who have basically no idea at times, um, the Philadelphia Wings have clinched back-to-back playoff appearances as you heard, Dave Walls make that call uh, with Philadelphia Wings winning in overtime 10-9 to over the Toronto Rock this past Saturday. It's the first time since the 2001 and 2002 season that the Wings have been in back-to-back playoff games. With me tonight on, on this show, once again, will be none other than Brett Manny. Brett has been nothing but spectacular week after week coming on the show talking across with me, with the fans, uh, giving his synopsis of the game and and the upcoming game. Also, coming on at 6.30, will be the man that you heard score the game-winning goal. None other than number 44, Jordan Hall. Jordan will be calling in at around 6.30 p.m., so he'll be in the second half of the show. We'll be able to talk to him what, what went, you know, through his, you know, what he was feeling down there, um, you know, for me being at the game, the 7,000 people sounded more like 18,000 people at the old Philadelphia Spectrum. Uh, but right now, before I even go any further, my first guest is right now, he is on the line. He is none other than number 13 of your Philadelphia Wings defenseman, Brett Manny. Brett, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Rocco? I'm in a, I'm in a good mood right now, so uh, happy the Wings won a playoffs. 
Episcopal Academy, the program where I coach at, just defeated uh, Malvern Prep, um, battle number one versus number two in the area, but also a little uh, internally battle of myself versus Steve Holmes. Both of our programs going up against each other where we coach at, so a uh, little battle of Philadelphia Wings, and uh, I'm in a good mood. And then somebody has some bragging rights for this week at least. <laughs> That's right. I do. I have it for like another couple of weeks at least. <laughs> I mean, tell us, Saturday, we knew, everybody knew how how important this game was. Coming into Saturday, going against Toronto, who at you know, the time still is, they have the best record in the National Lacrosse League. But we all know when the Wings in Toronto get together or the Wings in Buffalo, Wings in Rochester, teams could be 0-14 against each other, and it's going to be a knock them out drag him out fight and this just seemed like to be one of the classic games of all times um, a total of, I think six or seven penalties altogether um, the teams combined with only two power plays the referees basically put the whistles away let the teams fight it out themselves and, and yeah, let them decide it out there on the floor yeah you, well, I think coming into the game you knew we weren't going to we weren't going to beat them. It wasn't going to be a 16-15 or, you know, one of those Calgary versus uh, Washington or um, Edmonton against Colorado type games or Minnesota that you see in the West. Uh, just because of the, you know, and I give, give Toronto a lot of credit because of their defense and the way that goalie Nick Rose is playing. They're a very good defensive team as far as, uh, you know, the system that they play and, and how those guys have been playing with each other for a while. So, I knew going into the game, and if we were going to win this game, it was going to be the manner kind of in which we did it. And a little surprised that uh, the way the, pet, the, the penalty situation worked with them only getting one and us not getting any, I believe. So yeah, that's just the way that the uh, the cookie cookie crumbles sometimes, and you got to adapt and make the most of it. And uh, most importantly, we we're able to continue our momentum and and to build. Uh, Built on last week's win against Minnesota, and then come out and, and beat a very good Toronto Rock team, who we'll probably see uh, see in the future. Yeah, I mean that that game was just no, Toronto had a two goal lead for maybe a brief brief amount of time. They went up two nothing. We came back and tied it. They went up four two. Then it was tied, and then we just kind of alternated goals going up and back. It was four four at the half, nine nine at the end of regulation. It was just. A, a, a classic Toronto Rock Philadelphia Wings battle to you know to be actually second to none, um, and uh, you know as you said a little while ago, Nick Rose played spectacular and so did Brandon Miller. Both both goaltenders just put on a clinic. I mean for you know Brandon only letting up nine goals, Nick Rose only letting up ten. I mean that was just you know it, and, and it says a lot for the defense as well. Yeah, it really helps uh, talking about Brandon Miller. Uh, it, it just helps having him back there. What a what a great goalie he is. And I like, always get kind of a bad rap of, of being head cases, and he's the furthest thing from it as a goalie. What a phenomenal guy he is, and, and a terrific goaltender when he steps in there between the pipes. And it, when, when he plays like that, and uh, it just gives supreme confidence to not only the, the, the defense but the entire team that he's back there and he's making saves and he's doing – put his best forward to try to keep us in the game. And, uh, having, having him as a goalie is, is terrific. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great goalie battle to watch. Someone, if you're a uh, purist of the game of lacrosse and seeing those two battle it out, then you certainly got your, your money's worth uh, last, last Saturday. Yeah, now, we, you know, you, you look at you know, the stats in the game. We, we did get one power play, but we didn't, we didn't capitalize on it. And Toronto was one for one, and then they got that that, that penalty shot at the end of the game with less than two minutes. Um, for those that are new to the game and don't realize it, it's recalled for too many men for delay a game with less than two minutes to go in the game in the fourth quarter. It's a penalty shot, and Toronto was granted a penalty shot, and Casey Behrens, you know, rolled out to his left and then cut right back across and just fired a shot right over Brandon Miller's left shoulder. Um, that I mean, you you could hear a pin drop in the Wells Fargo Center at that point. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of interesting, and um, I think it was about a minute thirty left in the game. Obviously, we're up one goal, and 
Josh Sanderson, I believe, or Garrett Billings, or uh, someone on the Toronto Rock actually stood back while we were transitioning the ball. They stayed on offense, and we started to run the guys out. And I didn't know if we had five or if, or if we had six, but a little bit of a defensive lapse when we were out there because no one saw them at first, and then we were trying to get a guy back there, and someone was trying to get off or on. So um, kind of inexcusable, but kind of uh, – you know, it dies the ball per se with with that because of the fact that we actually ended up winning. But, um, you know, Casey Behrens is, is a talented lacrosse player. He scored a, a nice goal on a breakaway. And, uh, you know, we were able to eventually win in overtime. Now, tell me, what goes through, I mean, you, know, you, you battle back. I mean, it wasn't, you know, we're, we're down four or five goals. It was, yeah, one goal game going up and back. You, you take the lead, 9-8. Then the penalty shot happens with a minute and a half left. That's got to be almost like you know a dagger, you know, in the heart, you know, to, to have that, you know, happen. You don't want a penalty shot. It's like, oh, great, what, you know, and it just kind of almost say kind of sucks the life out of you. Um, what is said over at the bench, you know, between you know you being the assistant captain, Kevin Ross, Brody Merrill, um, Coach Johnny Moradian, um Blaine Harrison, everybody's there. Once that ball goes in and it's you know registered as a goal, what is being said in that in that one one circle to everybody there? It's just kind of weather the storm. There's uh, there's peaks and valleys in, in a season, and also in a lacrosse game. And you know you, you never get too confident and never uh, get too low. We gotta um just make sure that when that ball went in, we're like, hey, we got a minute and 19 seconds to try to win this game in regulation. Um, you know, that's plenty of time. And a couple, uh, if you win the faceoff, could be two offensive series. So that's really all we're thinking about was when that ball went in. It was like, all right, okay, this game's tied. We have every opportunity to win. And we had a lot of confidence uh, in our team and uh, in our ability to try to win that game. And as a result, we did in overtime uh, with about a, a minute in. But, it's not, I mean, unfortunately for us, we've had some bad bounces this season. It's uh, literally and figuratively with uh, with some some injuries, but also at the same time, I think, you know, I can point back to their first or second goal of the game where we tipped the pass and somehow it bounced and ended up in one of their sticks and they're wide open for a goal. So uh, we, we've had some bad luck on our side and we just, you know, keep, keep going on and keep trying to uh, persevere through it. And, and it really shows the character of our team to be able to come back and win some of these close games. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I could I could really see it on on Friday night uh, when the team had to practice up at uh, Brynäsen College. You could see everybody there was really really focused more than you know, more than ever. Yeah, you, know, you could really see they were making sure that everything was you know pinpoint you know accurate. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I I just want to say one thing before I go on. I want to thank Mike French um, and everybody there on the team. Um, we went to go. We went to go leave on on Friday night. Uh, my daughter, who just celebrated her 18th birthday um, last night, we go to leave, and Mike turned to us and invited us to stay and have dinner with the team. Um, needless to say, I just want to let you guys know that made her night. She she didn't stop talking about it from the moment she, you know we left and got home. So that just kind of made her, you know, entire night, her entire weekend. Yeah, that was, that was uh, definitely a classy move by Coach Brent, or uh, by our owner Mike French, and just uh, the relationship that that fans kind of have in this league with, uh, you know, knowing who our owners are and players are, and uh, you know, it was great that we had the opportunity to sit down and eat as a team, and even you know, look at that practice, just the distractions which we're faced with by being practice, which is open to the public, you know in a facility which we have never been to before. And then once we're there, it's, it's 43 degrees. I mean, what team is, is playing in an indoor-outdoor rink where it's 43 degrees at, uh, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock the, the night before that you're supposed to play a game the next afternoon? Um, so, we, you know, we were able to, to kind of oversee all that and not let that be a distraction for us because we knew uh, the task at which at hand was, was so great. And you know, we, we, when we get we get to the overtime, there is I think the attendance was just over seventy six hundred people. 
Um, you know, we've seen you know guys come out on the floor. You're getting the crowd pumped up as usual. You know, the arms going, the stick going, just getting everybody. Um, for that whole minute, there wasn't one person sitting in their seat during the, during that overtime. Um, you know, and I always criticize the officials. You know, throughout the year and during the games or whatever. But you know, when you look at the the overtime, yes, there could have been a couple loose ball pushes. Against you know against Toronto that would have gave us the ball earlier, but you know when you look back at it they they weren't calling it either way. So would I have been upset if we would have lost? Yeah, I would have been going crazy because you know they didn't call a loose ball. But you know they didn't call a lot of penalties throughout the game. They basically like I said away, let you guys you know do it out out there on the field. And once we got possession of that ball, um, and I'm going to talk to Jordan about this when he calls in. It, it, you know, I looked at the, the replay of the game and the pass from Westervelt. Jordan was in between two defenders. I believe one of them was Jesse Gamble, and I know the other one was Stephen Hoare. Um, Jordan just put his stick right up there as a, like a last-ditch effort, just basically took it away from Stephen Hoare. And as he brought it down, it looks like Jesse Gamble just sort of gambled too much, and Jordan was able to roll off of him and get that get that opening there. Yeah, I mean, I go back to the first face-off. I mean, that tip your hat to, to Pat, Pat Heim and uh, stepping in there and taking all those face-offs and, and really battling it out. And he won that face-off. And it was actually Patty Merrill who kind of like tackled him from behind. Probably had possession. He dropped it. They ended up getting the ball on offense. And uh, and then they it was kind of a thing a make-up call with a, with a moving pick or something to give the ball back to us. And then through Westerville, which – you look back at it, you said, hey, that might have been a, a dangerous pass because Jordan was coming around the crease um, with his left hand. And I believe it, it definitely was Gamble. And if you're saying it was Hoare, then it was Hoare and Gamble. And Hoare was going to uh, Bucky. And he was slumped in a little, but not, like, totally. And that's when Drew threw that in there. And Gamble didn't even cross-check Jordan. He kind of was just fishing his stick in there. And Jordan was able to get a little inside roll. And then that's when I... I believe his horse came from behind, cross-checked him, and that kind of momentum, I think, helped him that he uh, was able to put it short side and then get the game winner. Yeah, I mean, that was just, you know, when, when, when that went in, I'm watching it from behind the net as it's, you know, as it's going in. And just to hear the crowd. Um, I mean, you know, you, you've heard the Philly, the Philly crowd before. Um, growing up here in the city, um, going to games, like you said earlier, you know, going to games before you even started playing, you know, for the win, obviously. Um, you know, 7,000 fans definitely had the the, the sound of almost 18,000 people in that arena. Yeah, I mean, it, it's awesome. And do I wish that 14, 15,000 people are still coming? Yeah, but, uh, and I, I hope that everyone comes back, but I mean, when you have those 7,000 loyal fans, um, and they made up for it, and it, it's awesome to hear that place really rocking, and uh, you know, being a growing up in Philadelphia sports fans, when you see the energy that guys like Brian Dawkins and and Allen Iverson had with the fans, and how loud that place would go when when those guys kind of uh, feed off of them, you see the the impact it can have. And, and obviously, when we scored that game winning goal, everyone was able to go home happy. Um, you know, another win over the Toronto Rock, and it just it continued for us to show play with a little bit more chemistry and and win these gritty games that that championship teams do. Now let's jump ahead this week's game. Another matchup with your old team, the Washington Stealth. Um, when they when you faced them last time, we were obviously without Merrill, uh, Brody Merrill, yourself, and also Jeff Reynolds. Three guys were missing, and they took advantage of it. And as their VP general manager, Doug Locker, said to me, it was a humbling win. You, know, you need to take advantage of a team that has those injuries. Well, now it looks like the shoe, the shoe might be a little bit on the other foot, so to speak. Um, they sat Ace and I Nucci last week because his play wasn't, you know, he, he was in a major slump. Uh, so they sat him last week. So don't know what's going to happen this week. But this Wings team has a chance to go up to Washington. It's basically the last game of the season because of the time that it is. Win the game and possibly have a home playoff game, because that is still in contention. 
It's obviously an important game for us, not the fact that uh, the team beat us a couple weeks ago, but we have an opportunity to get the wins, which would be the most this franchise had since 2008. Um, so you're looking at five years. And the, the, the also the opportunity that we might play for a home playoff game, which would be the first time, I believe, since 2001 or two, uh, and then play against a team which, like you said, uh, you know, the humbling win that they kind of took advantage without a couple guys in our lineup. So we have an opportunity to prove something to ourselves and continue to build uh, what we're growing as a team internally and uh, and really take it to take it to the stealth in a, in a, in a game that's gonna that could possibly mean mean a lot for us um, and really help in the development of this team and peaking at the right time going into playoffs with three wins and really having a good feeling, which I think uh, we're, we're, we're developing right now. Yeah, I mean, this you know, this game, like you know, we've all said, you know, if the game means anything, it's going to be another, you know, thrilling game. It might not mean anything to, you know, anybody. But the way this season has gone, every single game this weekend means at least one thing. It either means a playoff berth for some teams. It could mean home field advantage throughout. It could mean the matter of being in first to third or second to fourth or having a crossover. There's just so much on the line this weekend. And in the early parts of March, you know, people were looking at the standings and how teams were playing and saying, oh, well, this team's going to be out of it. That's not going to worry. The month of of April is going to be for, you know, seedings. Who's going to be one, two, three, or four? Well, we're down to the last weekend of the season, and every game is going to have an effect one way or the other. Yeah, you don't you don't see that much in sports where it literally it comes down to the final weekend uh, with so many playoff implications. But I guess just the nature of this league with only nine teams and a lot of teams hovering around that six to to eight goal uh, eight wins, uh, it may, makes a big difference. And as you said, I mean, every game is going to have the implication one way or the other, whether it's good or bad. And, uh, I'm not going to be looking at scoreboards this weekend. I think the only one I'm, care- I'm worried about is is the one at the Comcast Arena in, in Everett. So uh, we just have to make sure that, that we take care of business, try to get a win, and let the chips fall as they may, uh, and make sure that we're ready for uh, this postseason grind. Yeah, because you, you, the one thing you want to do, like you said, you don't want a scoreboard watch. You want to go in to the play, playoffs on a good note. Got two two games in a row that we won. Um, a game we came back against the Minnesota Swarm. We you know, defeated them and then come up and win big in overtime against Toronto. So the last thing I know that you and the rest of the guys want to have happen is you have a performance that you go into the playoffs on a, on a really somewhat of a sour note. You want to go in on a high note regardless of what the other teams do. You know, if your um, standing has, you know, whatever you do doesn't have any, any you know, variance in – where you're where you're playing, you still want to have a good game. You still want to go out there and win and go into the following weekend's games on you know, like I said, on a high note. You know, have a three-game winning streak going into the playoffs to you know, and maybe extend it to four and just you know, keep it, just keep that ball rolling and not have any type of you know hesitation or any kind of you know hole, you know, pothole in the road, so to speak. Yeah, that's correct. And you look at. Uh... Is just look at last year for an for an example where we were seven and four, you know, number one best record in the league, and we finished the season seven and nine, uh, and then went into the playoffs and lost that game. And we were always wondering, you know, what what was going wrong, and we couldn't really pinpoint something. And then now, uh, you know, sitting here at uh, at seven and eight and, and winning two games in a row, it's got a, a different feeling for sure. Uh, with, with the playoffs around the corner. And even just sports in general, you see how a, a team gets hot at the end of the year and makes a strong run like the Giants did uh, two years ago and even back in 2008. And, uh, you know, it really just kind of ride in that, that momentum. You see that happen in sports a decent amount. And, uh, we're just trying to, to peak at the right time towards the end of the year here and then, and then keep going with it and continue to develop it and get better offensively and defensively and, and in our locker room and uh, just making sure that we're doing all all the right things necessary to, to win and to bring a championship back to uh, this city, which so desperately needs it. 
Brett, again, I want to thank you. Um, you've been nothing but spectacular. Coming on, I mean, each week with you know with what you do in between games, um, you know, between coaching and your you know your job, and then for a while you had to you know drive it into Jersey for your you know therapy and and you know things like that. It's just you know you taking the time out just means a whole lot to me. Means a whole lot you know to the fans here. You know, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Wings fans. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of things that, you know, they really enjoy, you know, hearing you when you come on, um, that, you know, the way you break the game down and, you know, hear your side of it, the players' side of it, what you're seeing from the bench, what you're seeing from the field, what went wrong, what went right. So they re- they truly appreciate it. I truly appreciate it beyond all belief. I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, all I can say right now, you are on – Philly Lax Live is tomorrow night, correct? Yeah, Philly Lax Live tomorrow night. It's either six or six thirty on uh on Comcast. Uh Comcast Network and then it'll be aired either at eleven or eleven thirty on Comcast Sportsnet. Myself, Scott Gabrielson is the last show. We also have Brody Merrill, um, and we talk about the last this game against Toronto. We break down the first half and the second half. Uh we have a segment devoted to high school and college across and then we ended with uh, with a preview of, of the stealth game and then also kind of got uh, recapped just the history of the Philadelphia Wings and uh, and just a proud tradition of, of the franchise. Yeah, it's on. I, I, I just checked the, the rundown on the TV. It's 6 o'clock tomorrow night on the Comcast Network, but then it's on at midnight tomorrow on Comcast Sportsnet. It's showing it yeah, at you're either yeah, going to see it uh, when you get home from work or uh, unless you're a nice see it when you're a night out. <laughs> now, yeah, right. So you're either going to see it at 6 o'clock or you're going to see it at midnight. At 6, it's on the Comcast network for those listening. Uh, on your Comcast station, it's channel 08 on most of them. And on the Comcast sports net where you have mainly your Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers games, it'll be on at midnight. Tune in. Like Brett said, you, you get all the rundown on the high school action, some college action, um, you know what the wings are doing, what they're looking to do going you know as they march towards the playoffs with one game left in the regular season. Um, you get a really good insight to everything, and just to let everybody know there's a lot of lacrosse coming through this area. We're going to have the NCAA championships here Memorial Day weekend. That'll be over at Lincoln Financial Field. Also, you're going to have the major lacrosse league, the MLL, where you have some of your wing players that play for, say, the Chesapeake Bayhawks, where you have Drew Westervelt playing there, for example. Um, the um, the Nationals, Hamilton, Hamilton Nationals. Uh, you have um, Kevin Crowley that's on there, just to you know, name a couple right there. And you have, um, I believe, I may be wrong, um, Ethan Farrell, I believe, is playing for a team in, in Charlotte or somewhere in, in North Carolina. I mean, you just have a lot of, the Wings players playing throughout the major lacrosse lacrosse league, so you'll probably be able to get a chance to see them should their team make it to the final at PPL Park in Chester, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but, to kind of add on that, it's like uh, you know we said on the show that Philly's going to be at the forefront, and the you know, Katie Sampson Festival, which is a huge lacrosse off festival, April 27th at Radnor's Boys and Girls Games for high school, and then do the Hopefully, a uh, Wings playoff game in there. You might have Drexel might have a playoff game for the CAAs. And then uh, you have uh, the NCAA Final Four, like you said. And then the third weekend of August, I believe, or is uh, the MLL Championship Weekend at PPL Park. But, yeah, I just want to uh, I want to thank you, Rocco, for having me on the show all season long and allowing me to provide some, some inside insight on uh, what's going on with the Wings and you finally seem to uh, wise it up a little bit by getting two blue hands on the show rather than just one. <laughs> well, I, went, I walked up, you know, during the um, autograph session at the end of the game, Jordan was sitting up there, and I made sure, I, you know, I told my kids, I said, we're going at least just to this section. I said, Jordan's here. I said, i got to get a hold of him. I'm getting him on the show this week. i got to get him on the show. Um, I was able to interview him a few times, like, you know, after some of the games, but I wanted to get him on, and this is a perfect time to get him, you know, on the show, on the air, and just, I mean, he he, he deserves yeah. everything that he is getting right now. With, with yeah, the and, and, and a quick a quick note on him that many fans might not know is that last 
last March towards ACL, and then it came back. And I was playing by December, and uh, you know, I tip my hat off to him. Not only be a good buddy of mine since we played, I was able to play with him for three years at Delaware. But uh, he does all those little things well uh, in in our offense. He can play defense if necessary. He takes he's on uh, can help help you out on the faceoff team, and then uh, you know what a what a way to score his hundredth goal in this league by that overtime goal. Uh, you know, he, he never scored a goal on me in practice, whether it was at Delaware or, or near here. So uh, I got a little bit of bragging rights when, when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it'll, it'll be good to have him on the show when he calls in. Um, this is certainly not the end of the shows this year. We'll at least have one more and definitely a lot a lot more. We're going to have, you know, next week's show leading into the playoffs and then the one following that, and hopefully the one following that, and then hopefully after that we're having I'm doing a championship show where basically I have I have no voice at that point. I, I hope so. I, I hope that we continue to have this going and uh, that we continue to win. And uh, I, I just think it's a it's a great opportunity that you know, you're able to to really tell the people what's going on with the wings with, with a, a show like this, and uh, you know having guests like. Like uh, Jordan, come on, a guy who's first class guy and uh, really plays the game the way it should be, and, and uh, just hoping that the, the best of the wings this uh, this Saturday and continued success in the playoffs. All right, Brett. Again, I want to thank you. Wish the guys all the best for me and my family, and from of course all the Wings fans here in Philadelphia. You know we're behind you all the way there. Um, you'll probably be able to hear us in Everett, Washington, screaming our heads off. So just you know, go out there. Play your best. Don't get hurt. Come back with a win. And hopefully we will see you a week from Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center when we host a home playoff game. All right. Thanks, Rocco. Uh, once again, for having me on the show. And, you know, I uh, look forward to talking to you next week after a uh, big win in Washington. All right, Brett. You take it easy. Thanks, Rocco. Okay. That was Wings defenseman Brett Manny. Um, again, I, I just want to thank him. I want to thank all the Wings players who have taken time out of their schedule uh, to come on the show uh, at one point in time or another. Um, as you know, was said before, it, th- these guys have you know they have other jobs um, throughout you know dur- you know during their their lives. Whether they um, are spokespeople for um, for a company, whether it be Reebok or Warrior or a spokesperson for Odor Gladiator, which is what Jordan Hall is, and you know Drew Westerfeld runs um, Odor Balance, you know for you know, your your sports equipment to keep it clean, keep it you know smelling nice. Um, it's you know when you get them on the show, you just want to be you know thankful for what you can you know get, and you know sometimes they they say yes, I, I can make it, I can call in, no problem, and then. Something you know, something comes up. Whether they're stuck in traffic or they get they get called into a business meeting that runs late or anything, that's that's fine. I mean, that's that's to be you know expected. You know, they have lives outside of you know the game, you know the game of lacrosse. So, like I said, I want to thank Brett for for coming on. Um, with what what we were saying earlier, this weekend's games. There's four games that are being played this weekend. You have your Philadelphia Wings that are playing in Everett, Washington, against the Washington South. That game's at 10 o'clock. But before that, on the CBS Sports Network, you're going to have the Rochester Nighthawks going up against the Buffalo Bandits. Um, But right now, um, I want to start to get into um, my next guest coming up. I just need to get something set right here. So everything works out just how how it's supposed to be. Mundorf, he rolls into the slot and shoots. It goes wide. However, the rebound picked up by 
Drew Westervelt is able to fight off good pressure by Cam Woods. He's able to hit a man in the side. It's Jordan Hall. Shoots and scores! Jordan Hall scores! The Philadelphia... Well, I have no other way of bringing this man on than just playing that one clip. I give you none other than Jordan Hall. Jordan, how you doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. It, it is an honor to have you on here. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Um, just got done speaking with um, with Brett, and we talked about that goal, how how you got open in that slot area, and just were able to you know just put your stick up. You know when you watch the replay of it, and basically just take the pass away from the two defenders, which I know one of them was Stephen Hoare, uh standing right out in front, and just you know you just reached up. Wrap, you know, just pulled the ball right down and just did a nice little roll off, and it gave you basically in lacrosse a ton of room to do what you needed to do. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, uh, it was an interesting play. Um, you know, me and Drew kind of were behind the net at the same time, uh, battling for the loose ball. He made a great play, kind of batting it uh, through Cam Woods' legs and picking it up on the other side and. Um, you know, I was just uh, lucky enough that, you know, we both came around that at the same time and, and drew at his head up and, and hit me on a cut, and I was able to just kind of – luckily the guy guessed wrong when he chose a side to kind of take on me and uh, kind of got my hands free and was able to score. Now, you know, Brett brought up, and, you know, I, I knew, you know, what happened uh, with last year. With you, you tearing your Achilles last year, uh, missing the last, I believe, six between six to ten games – when you were playing with the Rochester Nighthawks. You came back, did what you needed to do with therapy, and you were back ready to go when training camp started in December. And you have been on nothing but a constant role throughout this this entire season. Yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it was obviously tough. Uh, I was actually uh, an ACL tear, not my uh, okay. Achilles. But uh, regardless, it's a pretty substantial injury. I was able to... Uh, uh, get in to see a good surgeon. Uh, he uh, he did a great job. Uh, got in touch uh, with a, a great physical therapist who also did a good job. And and I've done it before. I did my uh, left ACL in college, so I kind of knew what it took to get back and what to expect, uh, which helped mentally. So uh, I just worked really hard in the off season. I was obviously very motivated to play. Um, you know, and I think. Uh, physically, I started to feel better, a little bit more confident as the the season has gone on. Um, you know, early I had a great start. I think I was just super pumped to be back playing, and you know, I had a little bit of a rut, and that tends to happen when you're when you're playing. Sometimes uh, I think our team went into a little bit of a funk as well. Um, but I think we're starting to round out our scoring, um, you know, at the right time, which is which is great. Now, me and Brett, we talked about with the penalty shot, with just under a minute and a half to go. You know, Toronto was given a penalty shot. They capitalized on it. Um, You know, you're on the offensive side of things. Everybody is basically, you know, on the bench watching to see what happens. Um, And when that ball went in, what, you know, was everything just kind of hush on the bench where, okay, Coach, you know, Coach Meridian, Brody Merrill, they're just going to be the ones basically speaking what, what needs to be done, or did everybody know? what really needs to be done after you have a minute and a half, which is plenty of time to at least get one goal. It's even enough time for teams to basically alternate goals in the game of lacrosse. Yeah. You know, um, there's definitely a, a, a ton of time left, uh, which always makes you a little bit nervous, uh, especially when a team has a goal, they get a little bit of momentum off of it. Uh, we didn't have Josh Reynolds taking face-offs, which, you know, that late in the game with a, a face-off is huge. Um, uh, so, you know, we were obviously a little bit nervous. Uh, I think it was a kind of right when it happened, a little bit of confusion on the bench as to one, why, uh, why we had a too many men penalty. And then also, um, you know, why nobody was lining up except for Casey Burns. And, you know, I totally forgot that under two minutes, you're going to get a penalty shot. I think a lot of other guys were uh, a little bit shocked by that. And it's tough. I mean, you know, we have a great, great goalie, B Miller, but I mean, you know, you look at a team like Toronto and, they have a whole bunch of guys that can take that penalty shot. It, it, it's hard giving odds to a goalie on a penalty shot in lacrosse. So, um, you know, you, you almost mentally prepare that they are going to score at that point and just kind of prepare yourself for the next minute and a half. Luckily, you know, they didn't get a chance to score. Our, our defense and B did a great job in the last minute and a half. Um, we were unable to score, but, 
you know, we we knew we needed the game, and, and one thing we've been able to do is uh, is come back and, and score late. So, um, you know, I do think we have a lot of experience with lacrosse players, and that pays off when, you know, maybe not uh, indoor guys uh, for the most part, but experience. And, and those guys have all been in big games and kind of they can handle themselves like big boys in those situations. Now, you know, we're, we're talking about how this whole entire season has just been basically a wild roller coaster ride. Um, earlier in the season, you know, unfortunately, Wings went on a five to six game, you know, losing streak at the midway point. Um, before even the month of March was over, it was looking like Colorado may already be eliminated or Buffalo may already be eliminated. Now we're coming to the point. Got four games left in the season. Everybody's playing except for Toronto this week. And every single game has at least one to two playoff implications revolving around it. I mean, you you, you look at you you guys, you win, you're already clinched the playoff spot. So you win, you're guaranteed third. But if Rochester loses, you move up to second. But if you end up losing... And Buffalo wins. They, Buffalo ends up going from fourth, from almost being out of it, up to second place. So I mean, there's just so much going around, just in the East. And then you look over in the West, and it's even worse than that. Yeah, no, it's uh, <clears throat> it's definitely uh, a tight race. You know, uh, I didn't know it was going to be this tight. This league uh, tends to be like that, uh, just depending on the week and and who shows up and who just has a better game and things like that. Um, you know, uh, it's crazy to think that so many teams can be out or go all the way up to second. Um, but, uh, you know, for us, I think we need to focus. Uh, I think it'd be big for our team to have a home playoff game. It'd be big for management. It'd be big for, our, you know, just travel and having the team ready to go for a win, uh, as well as, you know, giving back to the fans who support us all year. It'd be great if we were able to have a home game uh, in front of them. Um, it'd be great for the ownership group to have a game, uh, playoff game at home. So, uh, you know, even though we've clinched, uh, I really do think that, you know, it, it's tough to think that we could win and, and still not, you know, get that home playoff game. But, uh, you know, what's important is that we do get that win. We we kind of keep winning in the playoffs, and hopefully uh, Buffalo does some work and, and we end up with that home playoff game. Now, Brett told me this, and I didn't, I didn't know this. I don't know how many people knew it at the game either. But the overtime goal that you scored – was your 100th goal of your career? Um, were you able to get? Did they get that ball for you? And what what did it feel like? I mean, what what went you know through your body? The, the just the range of, of emotion. I mean, we I seen it from behind the net because that's where you scored the goal at. I mean, you know, you could see it on on the face. The, I mean, just total mayhem. What just goes through? You know, it almost seems like there could be complete exhaustion, but then you just get that that burst when something like that happens. Yeah, obviously, yeah, super fired up. Uh, you know, I had no idea it was a 100th goal. That wasn't even going through my head. I didn't even have an idea until uh, Foxy gave me the ball at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, anytime you score a game winner, uh, it's like hitting, you know, you see guys hit walk-off homers, how exciting it is. So, uh, you know, clinching playoffs in that game as well as, you know, uh, you know, kind of battling back and against such a good team like Toronto. It just, I mean, it gets your adrenaline going. Everybody gets fired up. Um, it's just it's just nice scoring those goals. And, you know, you don't get too many of them. Some guys get more than others, but you really don't get too many of them. So, uh, you know, as I've aged and, and gotten older and become a vet in this league, you start to appreciate uh, goals like that a little bit more and, and celebrate them a little bit harder, I think. And obviously doing it in front of the home crowd, um helps as well and plus with you know in your case coming over from Rochester our one of our arch rivals coming here you know you coming here and putting the goal that puts us into the playoffs that just you know all, all you heard was your name just being a buzz all around you know the concourse through the autograph session you know people were like oh is Jordan Hall up over here or is he here I said no he's here <laughs> he's, he's in this section and people just you know lining up and you know you, you, know, you see people just congratulating you on that, congratulating the guys on, you know, fantastic, you know, home season. Hopefully we, you know, see everybody in, you know, a week from, you know, from this Saturday again. It's just, you know, just the, the outpouring 
from the fans just just shows what what the game of lacrosse means not only to Philadelphia but just throughout the whole entire league. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, it's obviously nice to uh, you know uh, win. Uh, I feel like the fans in Philadelphia are so good because they they seem to care so much. Um, you know, so when you do uh, get a big goal like that, you know, the fans are very appreciative, and you know, it's a, it's a almost uh, a small token. Obviously, we have, we all want the same things, right? We want to win, so uh, it's nice being able to kind of give back with a goal like that and just kind of um, do it in front of the home crowd. So you know, it's always nice celebrating a, a win in front of the home crowd. All right, Jordan, I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, like I said before, um, on all the, all the shows. You guys have lives outside of the game lacrosse, outside of the game of the um, lacrosse. So, you know, for you to take you know, a few minutes out of, out of your schedule to come on to the show, uh, to speak with me, to speak with the Philadelphia fans, it's truly appreciated. I truly appreciate. It. I know the, fan, the other fans as well do. Uh, I just want to wish you all the best of luck this weekend. Bring home a win. Hopefully, we will see you guys either a week from Friday or a week from Saturday when we're hosting a home playoff game. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Okay, Jordan, take care, and thank you so much. Okay, that was Wings forward Jordan Hall. Um, You heard me mention about how he came over from Rochester. Jordan Hall was part of that that mammoth trade um, prior to training camp opening up, where you had um, Paul and Dan Dawson, go over to the Rochester Nighthawks, and in return, the Philadelphia Wings received Paul Rabel, Jordan Hall, uh, Joel White, and Robbie Campbell. Robbie Campbell has, was injured. He was on the injury reserve list for basically the entire season. Um, he, I believe, played maybe two or three games at the most. Um, and then there were draft picks switched between the teams, but they were the main, the main players in that. And the buzz throughout the entire, you know, wing, the Wings fans and throughout the league, the fans throughout the league were Philadelphia lost out on that. It's going to show. Philadelphia's not going to be able to compete. They're going to, you know, really be down you know, at the bottom. They're going to have to struggle to get a playoff spot. Well, let me fill some people in on something, okay? Philadelphia has clinched the playoff spot. Rochester, the defending champions, must win on Saturday. They must defeat Buffalo to get into the playoffs. If they do not, they are going to need help. They are going to need help from other teams to get into the playoffs. So even even if they if they lose, there's still a chance for them to get to get, to get into um the playoffs this season. But like I said, they're going to need some help. So you may have the defending champions not in in the playoffs this year and you know defending defending their title. Now, as far as the trade goes on both ends, it kind of you look at the numbers, things have kind of evened out. Dan Dawson is his normal normal self. He's getting his goals, he's going to get his assists. Um on the flip side here the Wings picking up Paul Rabel. Paul started coming out, what they call him across for people who are new listening to the show, coming out of the front door on the offensive side. He was a transition player who came out the back door you know, for, for the opposing team. But for his first year on the offense, he's already had about, I believe, 17, 18 goals so far this season. And he still has another game to go. So he has picked up the offensive side of the indoor game very, very well this season, and it's been a very big part. Um, Jordan Hall, the same thing. A very huge pickup in that trade. Uh, I know a lot of people in Rochester were upset when Jordan was traded because he was very well liked there. They felt he was a very big part of that team and really would have helped, and they would have probably done better than 7-9 and nine if he you know, did not tear his ACL partway through the season. But now we have him here. And he's kind of filling that Dan Dawson void in a way, where you need somebody to really be, you know, a, a dish off, a, you know, an, an assist machine, we can say. Jordan can do that, but he can also put the ball in the net more frequently as well. 
Now, what has also helped the Wings in the last few games is the return of Brendan Mundorf. Brendan was out for most of the season as he had surgery to repair his, his ankle from an injury suffered in the Major Lacrosse League, which is the summer league that you know some, some of the guys are, are in. Uh, so he missed at least, I believe, the first 10 games of the season. But once he came back, the rust was shaken off. You can now start to see how this team is molding together a lot better, gelling a lot better. They started doing good the first game, first, second game, okay. But last week's game against Minnesota and this past week's game against Toronto, you can really see it being polished right now. Having Mundorf on, on the one side, Westerveld on the other, they always know where each other is. Then you throw in a Jordan Hall. They, you know, These guys all live in the same area. They all have played together, whether it's on the outdoor teams or what have you. So they, they know where each other is going to be at, at all times. Um, so it's you know it was very, very vital to get Brendan back in game shape for this run. So he, he's basically fresh. These other guys have 15 games on, on their legs. Brendan has five. So he's going to be a very, very um, big part of this playoff push. Now, like I was talking about earlier, every game this weekend has some type of major playoff implications. There are six teams already in the playoffs. There's only two positions left, and you have three teams battling for them. Right now, what is definitely confirmed is the Toronto Rock have clinched the NLL East, will have two home games, first and second round. Should they win in the first round, they will host a second round game. It is also confirmed that they will be playing on Sunday, April 28th at 3 p.m. at the ACC Center in Toronto. But their opponent, we don't know who that's going to be. That can be anybody from Rochester, Buffalo. It could be a team from the West, which now they have, as people know, a crossover. Because there's only nine teams. You can't just say four from each division. You have, a, you have five teams in the West. So if that fifth-place team has a better record than the fourth place in the East, they will get that spot. So Toronto could be playing Minnesota or Colorado or Rochester and Buffalo. It could be anybody. That's, that's all we know for sure. We also know that the Philadelphia Wings have clinched a playoff spot. But we don't know who their opponent's going to be or whether they're going to be playing home or away. They're either going to be playing Rochester or Buffalo. And it's either going to be here or in Buffalo or Rochester, depending on who they play. The, over in the West, you have the Edmonton Rush right now, who are in first place. They're sitting at 9-6. and six. Then you have the Calgary Roughnecks and the Washington Self. The Edmonton Rush came within 30 minutes of winning the title last year. A win this Saturday at home against Calgary will give them the NLL West division title, but also will give them, by virtue of the tiebreaker between them and the Toronto Rock, because they will have the same records at 10-6, and 6, will give them the best overall record, which means you, you will stay at home for as long as you are in the playoffs. Every playoff game that you are in will be in your home arena. So that is very, very big there. I mean, teams really don't want to travel. If you're in the playoffs, you would want to stay home. So a win by Edmonton this Saturday will do that. We'll clinch home field throughout the playoffs for the Edmonton Rush. A loss, an Edmonton loss, will give the division to Calgary and also, if Washington should defeat Philadelphia, it will drop Edmonton down to third because of the, the multiple tiebreakers that are in effect. So Edmonton wins, they're in first place. A loss, they could be either in second or third, depending on what the Washington self do. Now, as far as with you know, everything else, I'll just give you a quick rundown. Like I said, Toronto has already clinched a playoff berth. They could clinch home field throughout with an Edmonton loss to Calgary. And they start the playoffs on Sunday, April 28th at 3 p.m. Philadelphia, they have clinched the playoff berth, and they could clinch a first-round home playoff game with a win over Washington and a Rochester loss to Buffalo. 
So that's what we need to happen to get a home playoff game there. For Rochester, they can clinch playoff berth with a win over Buffalo, but that will also give them a first-round home playoff game, which would be against the Philadelphia Wings. But they could also, if Rochester should happen to lose that game against Buffalo, they can still get in with a Colorado loss to Minnesota. So even if Rochester loses to Buffalo, if Colorado loses to Minnesota, Rochester will still be in, but they will be down either at a three or they'll, they'll be down at a four seed because the Wings will be up at, at a two seed and they will be hosting, Wings will be hosting a home playoff game and it looks like Rochester will probably be going to Toronto for the first round. So that's what's on the line there. You can see all the you know, the implications that are going on. Um, all this is on NLL.com, by the way. Um, and as far as Buffalo is concerned, if they lose, they're done. That's all that it basically comes down to them. If they lose, they can't say, well, what happens if another team wins? No. You lose, they're done. So they can clinch a playoff slot with a win, but can also clinch a first-round home playoff game with a win and a wing's loss. That's how they can clinch a home Home, play, home playoff game. That's how wacky this season has been all year. Buffalo has basically been dead in the water, and you know, after a twenty-one to seven route by Minnesota over them two weeks ago, they could still end up in second place by virtue of all the tiebreakers and host host a home playoff game. Who, who would have thought this? I know I I did. I had them dead in the water. Um, like I said, for Edmonton over in the West, they can clinch the regular season title with a win over Calgary. And you know, and they would host you know, a home playoff game. Um, the let's see, it says here the Rush can will clinch first round home playoff game with with a Washington loss. Yeah. And if Washington loses um, to Philadelphia, even if Edmonton loses, if Edmonton loses to Calgary, Washington loses to Philadelphia. Edmonton takes second place, and they will host a home playoff game. They won't win the division, but they would host a home playoff game. Uh, for Calgary, like I said, they need they, they win, they win the West, they win the Western Division title. They can also clinch a first-round home playoff game with a Minnesota win over Colorado. So if Calgary loses, as long as Colorado loses and Washington loses, they will host a playoff game. It's just so – it's so whirlwind turnstile going on here. It's just – you, know, you don't know what to do. The only thing that's cut and dry is we know that Minnesota's clinched playoff berth. So it looks like they're going to be either a three or a four seed. They can't win a division or anything like that. Um, for Colorado, they can clinch a playoff berth with a win this weekend. Uh, the Mammoth can also clinch a playoff berth with a Washington loss to Rochester. Colorado will be eliminated from playoff contention with a loss to Minnesota and a Buffalo win over Rochester. So you see how there's all all kinds of implications Um when usually sometimes there's just, okay, if you win, you get the three seed or the two seed, and that's it. But even if a team loses, it looks like every team has a chance, except for Buffalo if they lose. It looks like Buffalo is the only team that if they lose, they're, they're, they're just out. There's nothing they can do. Colorado, if they lose, they can still get in if two other things happen. So it just shows what the NLL is, is, is like this season. Um, so, again, this weekend's games at 7.30 on the CBS Sports Network will be Rochester and Buffalo will be the first game. Then on the Lacrosse Network, courtesy of YouTube, you will have the Edmonton Rush against the Calgary Roughnecks from Edmonton. You also have the Minnesota Swarm hosting the Colorado Mammoth. Both those games are at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then at 10 o'clock, you will have the Philadelphia Wings visiting the Washington Stealth. By the time that, that game rolls around, everything may basically be decided. We don't know. There could still be a lot on that game. So there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching from the fans, from some of the teams after. Um, so, like I said, it's going to be very exciting. Um, so you know, stay tuned. Check in with NLL.com. Check with InLacrosseWeTrust.com for all your information dealing with the NLL, the playoffs, um, the upcoming matchups, the radio shows. So with that being said, I'm going to end the show. Again, my condolences, my thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Boston who were affected by 
the horrific bombing that, that went on, the event that went on yesterday in, during the Boston Marathon. So, for myself, my name is Rocco Granado. You have been listening to the Wings Nest. I'll see everybody here back again here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Have a great week, everybody.